welcome to episode 155 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. This show was recorded on Wednesday, 12th of April, 2017. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. And now for a limited time, new customers to Jensen USA who are referred by the spokesman get 10% off one item. Simply enter the spokesman, no spaces, at checkout. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at thefredcast.com. I'm the host and producer of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable Podcast. For show notes, links, and other information, simply go to our website at the hyphen spokesman.com. And now, here are the spokesmen. Hi there, I'm Carlton Reed, and this isn't a roundtable show. It's a spokesman special with an interview with industry veteran Michael Bonney. Michael fell from his road bike on a sportive in 2013, leaving him paralysed from the neck down. He could have wallowed in self-pity, but instead he's back in the bike industry as a consultant. Earlier today, we spoke by Skype. The extraneous sounds you'll hear on the audio are from Michael's ventilator. Okay, I'm here with uh, Michael Bonney. So Michael is in... Well, you're in Penrith, aren't you, Michael? So that's, what, 80-odd miles from where I am? Yes, about 80 miles from you, Carl. Yeah. Now, Michael, for people who uh, don't know what happened to you, would you mind describing that that day where your life changed well that was that was doing my first uh, sportif in many years the 3rd of march 2013 well it was a lovely spring morning riding it was a 65 mile ride i think got about 40 miles in just thinking what a wonderful place in the world i live and that's pretty much the last memory i have um other than then waking up in hospital about five days later with tubes down my throat to keep me alive breathing tube and feeding tube and then i couldn't move from my neck down i'd broken my neck at the c3 vertebrae which left me paralyzed below that now before that crash you were working for orange and you've been working for orange for a, a, quite a while yeah 20 years i think i did it orange in total um many roles in the time i was there a lot to do with marketing product design product development so you were the guy i always used to bump into in airports around the world when we're going to taiwan or when we're going to eurobike you would be you're basically at, at every single industry event for those 20 years weren't you yeah, I mean, pretty much in the bike, uh, Eurobike Taipei show, I attended all the big tra- trade shows, as well as having to visit Taiwan for product sourcing, component sourcing. So I travelled a lot independently, yes. Now, when I visited you in, in hospital, must have been, well, relatively soon after the crash, uh, and you said to me, and I did a story on this on, on BikeBiz, and you said, you want to get back into the industry and I guess everybody at that point thought, well, yeah, but how? And yet you've managed it because you have done 
stuff for ice and distribution. You've, you've got a, a bike there. So just tell me exactly what you've been doing in, in the bike well, industry. Well, I went back originally. Um, I mean, Orange were very good to me and kept me employed right through the, the recuperation. I ended up going back. I think I was allowed to work for something like six hours a week initially. So I went back and did a lot of um, just research on where the business was and what they were doing at the time. And then we realized that I couldn't do the job I used to do. I can't travel independently. I have to have two people with me. And it just it was never going to work really going back. So we decided to part company, at which point... I had to make some decisions about what I wanted to do and whether I wanted to keep working, which I pretty much I came to that decision quite quickly. But then after that was, how do I keep working? Mm-hmm. And at that point, started thinking, well, just get out. I've got a brain. There's been no damage to my brain. We've just got to find a way of being able to be employed by the bike industry. <laughs> Unfortunately, the severity of the disability is such that uh, to be permanently employed by anyone would be a big risk for an employer it wouldn't be a a fair transaction really so i decided to go Mm self-employed met with a couple of companies and was surprised to find that people could still see value in what i was doing and what i could offer them with so broad an experience base that's Mm. Pretty much every company I met, there was something I could have possibly helped them out with. Projects that they were under-resourced for and didn't maybe have the skill sets. Um, And just being able to offer a range of different experience. So I started work with ISON fairly quickly um, on a bike project with them. More involved in the project management of it. Not really. I'm, I'm not a designer, would never profess to be a designer, but trying to take on board all the input we had, structure it, and then end up with a product at the end of it, which is just about that project now as well. It's, the production's up and going, and we should have the bikes coming in in about four weeks' time. So that, that was one project. I did a little bit of I'm still doing some work for No Fuss Events, who are an event company based in Scotland and promote the Scottish Enduro series, as well as another um, range of individual standalone events and just bringing a bit of business experience to them, looking at what they're doing and trying to make it more profitable for them with maybe a bit less involvement themselves, a bit less work. So if you don't mind me asking, Margaret, how do you do this? How, how physically do you do this with with answering the telephone, answering this Skype call now, surfing the web? How how are you managing that? What's what's the, the physical way you do that? I use a couple of technologies. One's a head mouse, which is a small camera, which sits on top of the laptop and there's a silver reflective dot on my glasses and that physically moves the mouse around the screen. And at that point, I can then use a dwell-click software, which automatically clicks. So I can click a link, click to answer a call. My iPhone's routed through the MacBook so that any call that comes in or I want to make, I can just use, I just effectively use the computer as the medium. 
obviously I can't push buttons that you know touch phones are great if you can touch sadly I can't touch anymore so mm-hmm. we, we've just got to use the technology I'm just trialing a new gyro headset with from a Hungarian company which as you move your head it moves the mouse within without anything other than the sensor that's on your head and you just blink to click um two blinks will get you a double click and hold your eye closed will get you a drag so it's just trying to find technology that works for me really because you're always the go-to guy from my point of view when i saw you at trade shows and 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 about you'd always have the latest mac stuff so the the ipod i saw the ipod uh, first with you you had it and and you sold me on it because to to most people it was just a uh, it was a music device and you were showing me well now i store all my files on here and it's like oh wow this is this is a real genuine uh, innovation <laughs> and you were you were the first person that i knew who who kind of latched on to that so are the mac products that you've got now is, is mac clearly still a large part of your life do those mac products are you using them because they're mac or are they genuinely helping you at uh and getting through that technological barrier? Well, most of my technology I have is Apple-based, so it'll be a big change to go to a PC. I did trial some software when I was in the spinal injuries unit, which was using a PC, and it was on an eye-gaze technology. I could adapt to the eye-gaze. What I couldn't do was work a Windows PC. It was going to take me years to relearn to work a Windows PC. Mm-hmm. So I stuck with the Mac, and no, it's, it's they're not the best for accessibility. I think Microsoft probably leads lead Apple at the moment for accessibility mm-hmm. um, and saying that like everything I do I tend to give <laughs> people the benefit of my knowledge shall we say and write emails to Apple mm-hmm. you know, on some of, and some of their access, accessibility options things they've done trying to show them ways to improve um, with a lot of the technology I've got I'll actually work with the companies the Hungarian company for example we're looking at how we integrate that technology onto my off-road wheelchair. Um, making introductions to other companies who make off-road wheelchairs so that they can see there's a market for it. Well, I'd like to talk about that, Michael. Actually, so that's the, the Bomber 7. That's B-O-M-A <laughs> yep. 7. So, yeah. so t- tell us about it. Now I've got, I can see pictures of it. So, But you paint a, a picture for, for people who can't see that photograph. What, what, what exactly does it look like and what does it do? Effectively, it's two mountain bikes put together with and a motor in the centre of it. So equivalent to sort of an e-bike motor and um, electric bike technology for the battery system. And then you've got a seat instead of a saddle. And I get strapped into that seat. Um, obviously I've got the difficulty of controlling any wheelchair because I've got no hand movement so I have to steer it with a chin control which bounces around obviously as, as the chair bounces um, so that's, that's quite it's quite an interesting challenge you're, being, uh, you're boxing then basically yeah it is it's like getting punched in the face a number of times the chair does have the chair has got suspension um which works well it works a lot better now shall we say after some modifications um 
but it's it's one of the few machines that will actually do what I want. That my level of disability is quite rare, and the number of people who can um, actually afford to buy these things is a small a small minority again. So it's a tiny market for any company. But you've had an enormous amount of help from the industry with people oh. modifying and 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 taking the this. I presume is a very very good product already but then modifying it for your specific needs yeah i mean one of the things we established quite early on was the suspension didn't work very well and the steering didn't work very well so with a combination of um a, an engineer from a charity called remap um we looked at redesigning the suspension which straight away Chris Porter at Mojo was just, let me know what Fox units you need. We'll get on, do whatever we can to make it work for you. And look, the guys at Hope, I, I emailed Alan and straight away just said, tell us what you need. And so what, have, what has Hope done for you then? What's, what's um, the product you got on there from Hope? There's seat collars, headsets, stems, uh, hubs, think that's it from hope but quite a bit when you need sort of double everything with two steering sides and a number of stems are used to hold things like the armrests so quite a bit of their product really so how do you, so you've got a top speed of of, of what about eight ten miles an hour it's eight miles an hour it's limited to eight miles an hour and then you can brake um if you pull imagine the joystick you push forward to go forward if you pull back effectively you're putting in the reverse so as you are going downhill you can either just release the joystick slowly or pull it back and it will lock the wheels up so describe for me what this is doing for your your state of mind that you're actually out there again so tell me how, how this is making you feel michael it's it's given me independence again and actually thinking that there is a life beyond being stuck in four walls and constantly monitored i can get out on a fell and normally i just leave my support workers i've got 24 7 support workers with me never more than 10 seconds away from me in case a ventilator pipe fails or the Mm -hmm. ventilator fails and out on a fell i just forget about that I'm just out. I'm just out enjoying myself, doing what I used to do, just enjoying the scenery, enjoying the freedom again. Which that's for four years. You feel very much imprisoned, mm. being st- stuck in a house and not going out very much. So where have you taken it, Michael? Um, we do a lot in the Lake District. That's obviously that's where I live. Um, Ullswater in particular, the fells around Ullswater, but quite a lot of the forest trail centres now. Mm-hmm. Winladder, um, Innerleathing, Hamsterley. So just getting out on trail centres and trying to use them where I'm allowed. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of the forest, a lot of the forests do have wheelchair trails, but mm. to be honest, they're not that exciting. <laughs> so what's so, the hairiest stuff that you've done so far then? I think one of the footpaths in, <laughs> in Winladder, which ended up with a... Uh, going across a number of ravine bridges 
were literally the width of the wheelchair. That they had, I didn't have the steering accuracy to actually steer it and had to rely on the support workers to get me over with a big drop either side and then onto a footpath the other side of it, which was the same width and having to try and steer along that without falling off the side of a cliff. So I presume you're having a ball and your support workers are not. <laughs> no, they're terrified in case anything happens to me. They're my mum, their responsibility, so mm. they don't see me disappear. Then it would be a mountain rescue job to get me out of anywhere. Yes, yes. So I can see the, the photograph here. There's one photograph here of you in, in Leithen. Yeah. The famous was up... mountain bike trail in Scotland. Yeah. Yeah, um, Inner Leithen was, I think, one round of the Scottish Enduro series. I went up to see the guys I work for there and ended up doing quite a bit of the downhill course. I think we went up the downhill course and did sort of the bottom, maybe third of the downhill course, which is quite testing. And certainly Fraser that runs the SAS was um, quite scared watching me go down it. So will you be going to, because you were obviously you before you were you were at every other mountain bike event going. So are you planning on going to mountain bike events and hanging out with the 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 people, in the Tracy Moses of this world? You know the people who you'd have you'd have hung out previously. Basically, are you going to be going to, uh, you know, World Cup events? What are you going to be doing um, with your chair? This this year will be at probably three or four events. Hopefully for William. And then probably a couple of the enduro events, um, Hard Rock, and then obviously with the identity connection with ISON, that they're wanting me out to be at events as well. And it's important I'm there, that the chair gives me access to other riders. I can listen to what's being said, see what the trends are, watch what people are using, mm-hmm. um, and actually still continue to have the knowledge without actually being able to ride a bike. Mhm. Mhm. So I'm hoping to get to. I haven't really got a plan of which ones yet, but certainly Port William. I had to book the hotel in December, so that so that was done, and the hotel's booked now. It's just a case of I've actually got a sort of second wheelchair out because I can't get the former in the van plus another wheelchair for hotels and restaurants. So I'm just currently trying to sort that, and that's the limiting factor at the moment. Yeah, because the, the last time I spoke to you uh, in the flesh was when it was at the Birmingham um, show in which you were explaining that the previous year you'd had a, a certain room in that hotel with a hoist and it, it was a well-tricked-out room and then you couldn't get that room the second... And how much of a, a hassle that made it for you. So you, you really need some pretty tricked-out rooms, yeah? Yeah, it's one of the problems we have is that... A normal bed doesn't work. I need a bed that lifts and raises the feet and head and has a special air mattress so I don't get pressure sores. Mm. One of the good things to come out of the Birmingham show last year was actually that because of all the problems, the hotel brought me a profiling bed in. Mm-hmm. They actually a hire company who rent them out. Uh, I met the guy from the hire company, um, got his details, came back, contacted them for rates, for doing it for any hotel and then I can use a special disabled facility for people who are working called access to work and because it's an additional cost on what I would incur if I was able-bodied access to work will help with the funding of the profiling bed so now 
for core bike this year when I went to core this year we had a hospital bed installed in the bedroom which that makes a big difference to my support team because mm-hmm. it takes two, it takes two people to get me up it's about an hour and a half to get me up in the morning mm-hmm. but the pro the profiling bed does reduce the amount of time needed for that mm-hmm. so it, it was the, despite last year being a bit of a pain at Birmingham it's worked out very well for us mm-hmm so basically, you, you, if you've got the support structure in place with with the, the the chair, with the hotel rooms, then you can get out there. You're showing right. people you can get out there. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that just because I am like I am, I am limited. The, yeah. I can still, I've still got the ability to do things. You've just got to do them in a different way. And that's what the challenge is, really. It's forgetting what you did before and finding new ways of doing it which is something i think that you can bring to a business as well that most companies are stuck doing things a certain way and you only adapt when you're forced to adapt which is what's happened to me Mm -hmm. and so moving forward if you can help businesses with that adaption to change and possibly give them ideas for how you go about it and you know that it is it's not easy it's never easy but there are different ways of looking at things then don't ignore the, the really obscure things you never know where you might find inspiration or where you might find that one little bit of something that just makes things easier for you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well michael you you must know that you are an inspiration to to, to lots of people in the industry um, you know, your, your Facebook feed is incredibly well followed. People uh, respond and, and, and lots of fantastic conversations on, on Facebook. So you're, you're very much an inspiration uh, to people for, for what you've done and for how your outlook on life is, uh. is very much an, an inspiration. Uh, uh, tell me, the, 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 the electric wheelchair that you've got, these two mountain bikes in effect strapped together... Yeah. Tell, tell us the the, the uh, website or the company name and the website. So if anybody's interested in in this product, they can they can go and have a look. Well, it used to be manufactured by a company called Molten Rock, who've they've gone into administration. It's now with Equal Adventure, and I don't. To be honest, I don't know the URL, Carlton. I didn't really think to get it out. But the company's called Equal Adventures, who are based in Scotland. They've taken over the manufacturing of the Boma, and they'll be continuing on with its development. It looks like equaladventure.org, Michael. It, it could well be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that's, I mean, that Equal Adventure sounds as though it's a specialist company getting people uh, with disabilities out there into the, the great outdoors. Is that, is that, so they're doing lots of products yeah. here, not just Yeah, yeah. They, they do a little bit more than just the boom. Once again, I think the company was set up to... Also, I think a lot of the employees are disabled as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very much an organisation that's working closely with disability and trying to provide something beyond the norm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Michael, how can... This is the Spokesman podcast and what we do generally at the end when there's a round table of a bunch of industry types, we share our contact details uh either email or twitter feed or facebook or 
Instagram or whatever. So what what can you share? How can people get in touch with you, Michael? Probably Facebook feeds, the thing I look at most in a day. And it's just Facebook um, feed. It's just it's to my name, just Michael Bonney, and all for Facebook forward dot com forward slash mrbonny will get you to my page and then just contact me from there 